Welcome to another episode of Gerocast, a podcast that explores the lived experience of older adults. Today, we will be talking about financial security for older adults. By the end of this episode, you should be able to identify some common financial challenges that seniors may face and understand and be able to critique the various sources of financial support available to seniors in Ontario. Picture yourself in retirement. Who will you be with? Will you be spending your summers at a cottage? Traveling the world? Starting a business with your friends? However you picture your retirement, the reality is that you'll need to save for it. Understanding the different ways there are to save for retirement is the very first step. In Canada, saving for retirement consists of three main pillars. One, government-administered plans. Two, employment-based pension plans. And three, personal retirement savings plans. First, let's review the publicly funded plans administered by the federal government. These include the Canada Pension Plan, the Old Age Security Program, and the Guaranteed Income Supplement Program. According to the Government of Canada, These plans are not designed to be your sole source of income during your retirement. If you want to retire comfortably, then you will need to supplement your retirement income through employer or personal retirement savings plans. To start off, let's speak about the Canadian Pension Plan. The Canadian Pension Plan provides retirees with income during retirement. Almost all working Canadians contribute towards CPP. The amount you contribute is automatically taken off from your paycheck. In order to receive the CPP, you must apply. The Old Age Security Program is funded by the Government of Canada and you do not contribute directly into it. The amount of your OAS pension will be determined by how long you have lived in Canada after the age of 18. Next, there's the Guaranteed Income Supplement Program, which provides a monthly non-taxable benefit to old age security recipients who have a low income and are living in Canada. This one you also do not directly contribute to. This program needs to be applied for though in order to verify low income status. Finally, in terms of government funded programs, we have the Guaranteed Annual Income System which is an Ontario-based program that ensures a guaranteed minimum income for low-income seniors. It provides monthly payments to qualifying retirees who are already receiving the OAS and the GIS payments. The second pillar of retirement plans includes registered pension plans that you may be entitled to because of your employment. Not all workplaces have these plans, but your employer is required to contribute towards your pension plan, and you may also be required to contribute, in which case this amount is automatically withdrawn from your paycheck. Each workplace pension plan has its own rules, eligibility requirements, as well as benefits. The third and final pillar of retirement savings plans are personal savings plans that you set up and contribute towards on your own. These may include things like Registered Retirement Savings Plans, also known as RRSPs. RRSPs are offered through financial institutions such as banks and are approved by the Government of Canada. Contributions to RRSPs 
can be used as a tax deduction, which reduces the amount of tax that you will have to pay on your income. There is a contribution limit each year of 18% of your earned income. Today we will be joined by our guest, Dennis, who has experience with all three pillars of retirement savings. Would you be able to tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, um, as you know already, my name is Dennis. <clears throat> my age is 80. Um, I uh, live in my own home mm -hmm. uh, with my wife of 60 years. And uh, we are in a comfortable sitting. We still sustain ourselves in the home, uh, do the, the work and maintain the grounds. And um, fortunately, our health is still allows us to do that. It's great to hear that. So what is your job or career history? Well, I had actually two careers. I had one, <clears throat> I started young with a company and uh, was in retail and uh, I trained with them for uh, three and a half years and became a manager. It was a 150 year old company and they had stores throughout Canada and uh, I became a manager at 23. So wow. I was I was fortunate to move to various locations, including Peterborough, Oshawa, and Kingston. The second career was um, after the store closed, as retail sometimes quite often does. Yes. I was able to get a, a job in a um, Ontario hospital, mm -hmm. and um, I spent 19 years there. So okay. 22 years with the retail company and yes. 19 years with the hospital. Okay, and from the hospital, did you have a pension associated with that workplace? Yes, I did. Um, it was um, actually uh, a unionized organization, and uh, it was uh, we had pensions that, that were um, very generous uh, as we got to a retirement age, and in addition to the um, employment and gaining. A pension plan. We also um, had many benefits that were rather great, particularly mm -hmm. as, as we retired and were able to have these coverage. Do you think that the health care you receive today and the quality of health care you receive today would be different if you did not have that company pension? <clears throat> the um, pension from the, the my career in the uh, Ontario hospital was um, very generous in their benefits. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, it's it's helped us sustain a lifestyle and our health benefits keep us with of glasses course. and hearing aids and yeah. things of that nature. So I'm sure, uh, you know, there would be a difference. Yeah, if you didn't have that yes. pension from your job. So what do you think that your life would be like, for example, if you didn't have your workplace pension? Well, it would be hard to to um, look back and say, mm -hmm. um, if there was no pensions in your future, would you be astute enough to prepare yourself mm -hmm. to retirement? <clears throat> Usually in the early years, you're, you know, you, you have family, you're buying your first home, all these things, you have to, uh, I think it would be a different lifestyle, but mm -hmm. I think your mentality would be 
for more savings, more preparation. Yeah. And I would think that it would be challenging to sustain a lifestyle yeah. without these company and, and uh, yeah. government pensions. Do you think there would be added stress? Um, I, I would think so. Yeah. Have you also had experience with the government pension plans, such as CPP? Yes. In my particular case, I was just a new manager at that time. I had two, two children, eventually three, and uh, it was, I really didn't realize the significance of it until you're, you're in retirement. The benefits of company pensions mm-hmm. uh, versus government pensions are probably that they're deducted from your pay, obviously, and uh, also protect yourself in the future. The government pensions, you know, are going to be there irregardless. So you feel that both the government plans and the workplace pension plans have really benefited you in your retirement. Absolutely. Right? They've been very critical mm-hmm. in being able to be a, have a lifestyle after retirement. Mm-hmm. What age did you retire at? I retired at uh, 62 and a half. And what have you been up to in your retirement? Well, actually, I have a recreation property, so I've, I've always been physically active around that. And... Uh, I, uh, I've curled and had other interests uh, that kept me active too. Yeah, oh, sounds like lots of fun. Yeah. Do you also think that your pension um, and the money that you receive improves your overall quality of life? Without question. Without a doubt, eh? Yes. Well, the objective of the pension and your lifetime work is to provide yourself for life after retirement. Mm-hmm. And I think it allows you to travel, plus uh, your sports, if you want to play golf, and as I mentioned earlier, curling activities mm-hmm. that we both enjoy. Yeah. And that that would, <laughs> without that, I'm sure we'd be limited. Gives you a little more freedom, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it does. Yeah. So we've talked about your experience with government plans, with your workplace pension plan. Have you ever had any experience with RRSPs or more personal savings for retirement? Well, because, um, you know, it came to light as government encouraged us to save money for retirement. And because of that, they let you save money mm-hmm. and you didn't have to pay tax on it mm-hmm. because you're at a higher income usually when you're putting that money away. So that the message was put money away for retirement, then you draw it out, you're at a lower income, so your tax level is lower. Mm-hmm. And that we did that. Let's take a moment to reflect. As we've heard, Dennis has been able to retire comfortably due to multiple sources of retirement income. However, not all Canadians are quite as fortunate. According to the 2018 Canadian Income Survey, 14.3% of Canadian seniors were classified as being low income. Additionally, Statistics Canada reports that high anxiety around retirement is heavily concentrated among Canadians who do not yet have a financial savings plan and especially among those who expect to rely primarily on government pension plans. Keeping this in mind, how may access to physiotherapy and other healthcare services differ between low-income seniors and non-low-income seniors? 
Importantly, what healthcare programs and services are available for low-income seniors in Ontario? Please be specific. Feel free to pause the recording for a few minutes as you actively reflect on your answer. So if you had to pick one, would you say that either the government, the work, or the personal RRSP has helped you out the most, or has it been a fair combination of the three? Well, <clears throat> the RRSP, um, you can draw whatever amount you want from it uh, up to a certain limit uh, after you retire, mm -hmm. and uh, <clears throat> because you pay tax on it when you're mm -hmm. retired. But the um, combination of all is really everybody lines up with the bank on, <laughs> at the end of the month. So what would you do if you did not have a company pension? Well, I'm, I'm sure that that would be made, a decision made long before you retired. Yes. And you would take steps to prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. Bottom line, home ownership is really a safety net. The biggest investment you make as a working man is uh, your home investment. Mm -hmm. And during those years, you're paying off your home, you're raising your family. That investment is being made irregardless mm -hmm. because your home appreciates. Yeah. And when you get to an age as we are now, we always have that nest egg if we downsize or whatever. <laughs> That's right. You know? so, That's a good point you bring up. So mm -hmm. it's kind of, um, it's savings by force. Mm -hmm. You have to have a roof over your head and you yeah. have to provide for your family. And I think that's the average course. Moving forward, do you um, feel comfortable having that pension behind you? Well, the thing that you can't count on is your health. Mm -hmm. So the most important thing is your health, number one. Number two is your financial mm -hmm. stability. Yeah, going forward, you're kind of secure. Yeah, you know? it's good to have that feeling, knowing Absolutely. that there's going to be some something there for That's you correct. if you need it, right? That's right, yeah. either for you or your spouse, whatever the case is, yeah. you know. Thank you for your contribution and sharing your experience with us. It was really great to hear about all three pillars of retirement savings from your perspective. So thank you for sharing with us. You're more than welcome. Today, Dennis spoke about his experiences with the three pillars of retirement savings in Canada. We learned that Dennis is 80 years old and has worked in Canada for over 40 years. Additionally, he lives with his spouse in a home that he owns and has three grown children. Keep in mind that Dennis's story represents just one perspective on financial management as an older adult. It's important for us to remember that every person has their own unique lived experience. According to the World Health Organization, a key determinant of health is one's income. Generally speaking, higher income or higher retirement income is linked to better health. Keeping Dennis in mind, please answer the following questions. 1. How may his health behaviors, such as engagement in exercise or eating healthy foods, differ from someone who does not have a retirement savings? Please provide evidence on the influence of financial security on older adults' health outcomes. Two, if you are a physiotherapist treating Dennis in your private clinic, do you think that being aware of his financial circumstances would be beneficial when designing a treatment plan for him? If yes, how so? 3. 
Let's assume that Dennis is not financially capable of covering his treatment costs in your clinic. Are there any options to help him receive treatment from you? If you need to prescribe mobility equipment for him, who would cover the cost? Finally, if Dennis were to self-identify as having a disability, would he be eligible for any additional funds? What other provincial and or federal programs are available for seniors in Canada? And which ones do you think that Dennis might be eligible to receive? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Jerocast. Please visit www.rehab.queensu.ca slash Jerocast to access the full list of people and resources that made this project possible. Thank you.